Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. To different people, that's going to get critical to take a side and then to argue that side. People boycotting them, their business going to pay you a million dollars a year. They're going to want to say, hey, thinking about this as well, I remember someone that I was on a meeting with, who is it? Marvin Hagler? No, who is, I don't know who the big, who's the big boxer right now? Merriweather, Floyd Merriweather. He's got a he's got a, a chain of boxing gyms or something that right now. And I was in a meeting with someone that that was in charge of those. And then I was on a meeting with other people that were working on franchising related stuff. I would have franchises. And when they mentioned an attorney, the same person came up again and again at a firm in Los Angeles. And but people from all over the country were using that person because he was a go-to person for franchising law. Think about that. This is how things work. And And this is just another example, but between 1997 and maybe probably almost 2001, like November of 2000, it seemed like anybody that could make a lot of money on the internet. And it was called kind of land grabbing. And when um, people during that time were making a lot of money and at the same time, others that were trying to make money were losing massive amounts of money. But think about it. There were people during that time that were actually making a lot of money. And, And what these people were doing is... Very early on, it became apparent that the people that were making money were selling specialized products. They were selling bird cages for small birds. Other people might be selling bird cages for large birds. They were selling replacement batteries for cell phones. They were selling Palm Pilot cases, which were big back then. Just things were very specialized. Dog leashes. Who would think that you'd have a business selling dog leashes? But things like that, that were just very specialized. And those people were all making a killing. I had, I remember someone coming over to my house with his son in, I don't know, the 2004 or something. And he had a friend that was importing, uh, uh, I don't know, phone cases from China or something like that. And just had a website selling phone cases for Nokia phones or something and was making millions of dollars a year with this little website. So it's, and he, they wanted to copy the idea and do the same thing. A lot of times just having a, a niche on the internet it was, was a huge way to make money. Now it doesn't work anymore with Amazon and things like that. But again, if you need a birdcage to search for a person selling those, you'd always want to use a person who appeared to be an expert. And it might be the only type of person you need. If you need an attorney to help you with the regulations of franchise law, like the one I told you about earlier, you're going to want someone who appears to be an expert in that, especially if there's only one attorney in your neighbor doing this. The specialist usually gets the business. I remember I moved to this nice house in this nice neighborhood years ago, and there was this attorney who had retired in his early 50s and had bought this multi-million dollar house. It wasn't on my street, it was a, but it was near me. And, and I don't know, I went to some dinner with him and he said, did you know that every Kawasaki Ninja built between 1984 and um, 1994? Two has been totaled. And, and he was a motorcycle accident lawyer. And one of the only people that did that, he did so well at it. Um, he retired early in his career, meaning, I don't know, but think about it, retiring in his early 50s. This is what happens. People that do very well are often the specialists. It doesn't, it could be motorcycle accidents on Kawasaki ninjas. I don't know, but anything. So if you want to get work, you need to figure out how to make yourself and your practice areas seem very specialized. And being specialized is what people want. People want to use experts. They don't want to use, if you have a problem with your lungs, you're going to go to a lung doctor. If you have a problem with your heart, you're going to go to a heart doctor. If you have a 
If you're charged with a serious crime, you're going to go to a criminal defense lawyer. If you're anything that potentially happens to you, you're going to want to have an expert. If you're charged with a homicide, killing someone, you're and it's just completely made up, you're going to do everything you can to find the best expert possible. It's like that for clients as well. It doesn't matter. If you do, if you do whatever your practice area is, if you know, any practice area um, has a specialty. So one of the things I used to believe is that attorneys from accounting firms, for example, would have a hard time uh, getting a job with a law firm because typically, you know, they, the accounting firms aren't law firms. They, they don't pay as much. There are people that get jobs with them often don't get jobs from law firms because there are hardly any tax law jobs out there. But then I realized, wait a minute, if the person is an international tax lawyer in, a, in an accounting firm, there are law firms that are seeking specifically international tax lawyers. And so I've been able to place them. If they're an um, employee benefits lawyer inside of an accounting firm, they're placeable too. If they're an M&A lawyer, it's sometimes placeable. So, but the generalist tax attorney in an accounting firm is not placeable in a law firm. So anything you want to do, if you want to be placeable, if you want to be marketable, if you want to get jobs, if you want to get um, business, you need to be specialized. There's nothing more important uh, than being specialized. And very few people are. Um, very few people, most people think, that doing a lot of things makes them more marketable. The opposite thing is true. Most people think that having doing being able to do a lot of work on different types of clients makes them more marketable, uh, but in, to, able to get business. No, clients want experts. You would too. Think about it if you're a client. Would you want someone who's going to need to learn and do R&D to figure out a practice area and to figure out your case or someone that understands everything instantly? You would want someone that understands everything and very quickly. Some attorneys now in New York and other things are charging in excess of $2,000 an hour for their services. Is that is that right? I don't know. But it sure as hell is that they can cut through things and come up with a very good solution very quickly on some complicated venture capital transaction, then they're actually worth it. It's like that with doctors. I know one doctor that I went to um, college with that does this very specialized pediatric type of operation that he charges um, several hundred thousand dollars to do. And he has people flying to see him all over the world uh, because he's a specialist um, in, in that. Um, um, and, and he's the only person that does it. I know another woman um, that is very smart. She went to a very you know, incredible Ivy League college and was at the top of her class and then went to another equally awesome law school or college or, I'm sorry, medical school was at the top of her class, and then did all these um, specialist-related work and um, basically fellowships and things, and basically having babies give birth, helping mothers give birth, and um, which is what it cut down to. And and she's flown around to given hundreds of thousands of dollars to go show up in Saudi world families and give. Do people want to hire the best people they possibly can? And and if you look like a specialist and you look like a good specialist. They're going to want to hire you. And I, I don't know how much more to emphasize this. I try to say it every week. I say it every week because it's so important, uh, but this is also how you get business. And then the other thing, I brought this up earlier and I've talked about it today, but you also need to be familiar with others to get business and clients. So what does that mean? If people are going to do business with you and choose you as an attorney, you need to be familiar, meaning very familiar. They need to, this means things like they, they make phone calls to you on your birthday. Uh, it means that you're sending out letters and newsletters and things frequently, or you're getting in touch with them. It means things like forwarding articles of interest. So if you read something potentially from a client that that looks interesting, that you're that you're that would help a client, 
you forward them and you see something that looks interesting to them. People love that. They love thinking that you're thinking of them. And they love hearing from you. They love newsletters. They love, they love notes. They love all this stuff. And it means going out of your way to let people know you're there and to let people know that they can rely on you and that you can help them. And, and that you're there. You're not just off in the distance. See, very few people do this. Like, why do you think brands like Coca-Cola and, and Home Depot, all these companies are advertising all the time? Car companies, local dealerships. What is the point? If you open your mailbox every day, there's tons of like spam letters in there that you're never going to read. Like, why do you think people do that? If I've contacted you in the past with emails and and newsletters and things. Why am I doing that? Um, I'm not trying to upset you. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm basically trying to let people know that you're there. So in, let in order to let people know you're there, um, it's important that you make as much contact with them as you possibly can. Meaning you have to be top of mind and you have to have the most awareness of, of anybody in, in order for them to think of you. If you, have, if you are a labor and employment attorney and you're sending out alerts about issues and labor and employment law all the time to people and to different people, that's going to get their attention. And because, and they're going to think about you when they need a labor and employment attorney. If you're a patent attorney and you send updates and patent law to all your potential clients, you're going to be the one seen. No one, by the way, does this. Some people do, but most people don't. They just think that the, because they're this or because they're that, clients should show up at their door and, and give them work and, and that's all there is to it. But no, if you want to get work, you have to let people know you're there. Again, the I told you uh, earlier about one of the most successful attorneys in Los Angeles with this giant book of 30, 40, 50 million dollars. And from the time this person was an associate, like meaning two or three years out, they would go and or he would go and make sure he worked 2,500 hours a year on his clients. And then he got a driver. Now think about this. Like you're out of school for year, three or four years and you get a driver and he decided he was going to spend equal amount of time, if not more, developing business. So he had a, his driver just drive him around and just meet with potential clients or people that could be potential business that in, in his free time. This is all he did. And he found himself, by the way, this is very funny because he works so far hard. He found himself uh, 15 years out, partnering a big law firm, making millions and millions of dollars but still living in a house he bought as a first-year associate because he was spending so much time and his emphasis was on getting business. But again, this is the, the number one probably business generator in LA. But that meeting with people like that was letting people know that you're out there. When I was a young attorney getting business, and I told you about this earlier, the story at the beginning of the webinar, but the process of writing down the names of everyone and just making contact with them consistently. This, by the way, can make you president of the United States. This is what Bill Clinton did. Bill Clinton wrote down, uh, kept index cards from the time he was a young uh, man, meaning in college, I'm assuming, of every single person he ever met. And he wrote down every single thing he ever could about them. And then he took these index cards and constantly reviewed them and looked over them. And he could meet someone you know, 30 years later and know their first name and ask them about their family and what happened to such and such. This is what people do, by the way, that generate huge books of business and become get the, the nation behind them. Uh, they do this. Do you think Donald Trump could have been president if he hadn't been on, I don't know, the, the boss or whatever, whatever the shows he was on and did all that? No, he became familiar. He wrote books. He, he, he uh, telling people how he successful. He, so regardless of whether or not you agree with his political philosophies, he became familiar to the entire country. 
So this is what people do. It's also what Bill Clinton did in another way. People do that. How did Barack Obama burst onto the scene? One of the things that helped him was Oprah, like who had a very big channel. Like she, he went on there and, she, and, and so this is how people get known. And this is how things work. I think it still worked with, with Meghan Markle. And so this, it's going on Oprah, getting your name out there, being familiar is huge. And, and again, this making sure that people know you, staying in touch with them. And this is another one I read called The Referral of a Lifetime. It's a good book. I recommend reviewing it. And again, I'm almost done with this webinar because I know this has been a long webinar so far, but this part of the webinar will take questions. But this particular book focuses on a very similar system. And basically, it'll help you get clients. It can also help you get a job. And basically, what this book says is it says the same thing. You write down the name of the people and then and you stay familiar with them. And then once you get clients, you also need to stay and be familiar. Everybody, if you're familiar, then you're the person that, that comes to mind. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not gonna find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing, the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. So why does people, why do people come to BCG? Is it because it's just sitting around there and people come to companies because they're familiar? People use attorneys because they're familiar. People do all these things and, and they use people that are familiar. Being familiar means you need to be in touch with people. You need to be out there to be seen. You need to be communicating with people, sending them articles and sending them different things. You need to be seen as someone that cares about them, that's interested in them. And I'll be the first to tell you that I've made a lot of mistakes not doing this enough or doing it improperly. So you just, you need to be um, familiar with people to the extent you can. And um, I'll say that over and over again, but honestly, I, I think that um, is one of the most important possible things you can do. And then if you're then... If you're not interested in doing a lot of the work, but you want a title like counsel or something, which again, isn't bad to make it appear if they're working to keep your options open, you may often be better off in a smaller firm. And I'll tell you why in a minute. You should really do everything you can as an attorney to learn about marketing. So most people don't learn about marketing. You don't need to learn. You should try to absorb information about marketing. You should realize how important marketing is. You should really think about the world from a marketing mindset uh, because attorneys don't always think about things in a marketing mindset. You're taught to, attorneys are taught to take apart arguments, to be critical, to take a side and then to argue that side. But you need to really learn whatever you can to be really a, a first rate marketer to at least know about it. Now, I'm not saying you should just pick up any random book and read about marketing. But you should be interested in certain topics in marketing. So if you go to a bookstore or you, you go onto a, a Amazon or something, you type in marketing, what type of topics are you interested in? I'm not saying you should read every book, um, but you should try to read certain topics you might be interested in. 
And, and what I mean by that is you study marketing in the way that suits them. So maybe your idea of marketing is meeting new people. Um, maybe your idea of marketing is writing books and reports. Maybe your idea of marketing is getting referrals. I, different people have different aspects of marketing they're interested in, but you should try to read and study things about marketing that you're interested in. And uh, the more you study marketing, the better you're going to become at it. Every form of marketing there is can translate into getting legal clients. Every type of marketing you can do. Copywriting could assist you in writing letters to clients. You just you need to learn and study some form of marketing, at least learn what it is. Because you know, learning about marketing, what does it mean? Like someone comes to you and a client comes to you and asks for help and you say, no, I can't help you, but there's this person who can help you, but you stay in touch with them and in case they ever have a need. There's just all sorts of tricks and things that people do with marketing. And, and a really good marketer is rare, but just learning about different marketing things, trying them out, thinking about the world from a marketing standpoint is very useful and something um, you should do. And this, I think, is the last part of the webinar rule. It's about attorneys to get business, don't quit. Keeping in mind that one big client or several clients can change your life and your entire practice of law. You need to have a strategy in which you're resilient and always looking for clients. What does that mean? I, I remember once it used to be a big deal to put um, an advertisement in a magazine called American Lawyer. It cost, I don't know, back then, $10,000 or something. And I remember I started taking out ads for BCG and these big magazines and things. And, and, and someone came and, and I remember I was my best friend's wife who was, saw the ad and she's, wow, did you get a lot of business from that? And I thought about it. No, I didn't get any business. Probably, maybe I did, but I don't think I did. And so the idea is, is that if you have a strategy, you're always looking for clients and, and, and you don't take, just because something doesn't work, you don't take no for an answer. Oftentimes, you need to try something a hundred times before it'll work or even a thousand times, but eventually it will work. And every time you try some marketing thing and it doesn't work, it doesn't mean you should expect uh, instant results. You're going to get business and everything's going to work as you become more familiar and the more you try it. And right off the bat, I want to say one thing. Some of the attorneys with the most business are not someone that you would think is cool by any stretch of the imagination. As a matter of fact, I remember... Um, Bill Urquhart, who's no longer alive, but one of the founders of Quinn Emanuel said, the guy with the most business in LA, the best rainmaker is also the biggest nerd in LA. You don't have to have any type of, you don't have to think you're cool. You don't have to be, look a certain way or act a certain way in terms of, it's just, you don't have to be extroverted. You don't have to be, you, you can be introverted, but in order to do business, you need to take action and you need to continually um, be pushing forward. And you also need not to give up. Every day, by the way, in regardless of what you do, um, you will get negative feedback from the world. People will tell you're wrong. People will um, attack you. People will undermine you. People will make you question yourself. But you will be you, you will make mistakes and people will try to make you think that they're worse than they are. Think about, again, what politicians go through, people trying to impeach them, people suing them and people, you know, think about all this. Think about what, what companies go through with people boycotting them and their business going down because of a, a mistake in who their sponsor is. Every person, every business that becomes successful goes through a lot. They, they're questioned or they make mistakes, they fall down, they go to jail, look at Martha Stewart, jail and all these people and then coming or prison and coming back. So people make mistakes all the time. 
And oftentimes relationships can take years to develop. And so just because you, you talk to someone and you don't get business right away, this is how, no, you just keep trying and trying and, and you don't give up and you realize, why wouldn't you keep trying? Because most people give up. Most people don't keep trying to get business. Most people stop. And then when they stop, that they, they then they lose. And so you just need to keep trying. And so the person that keeps trying is a person that ultimately wins. It's like the tortoise and the hare. Certain people don't keep trying, but if you go into your profession or into the legal profession, whether it's a you're a law student, whether you're a first year attorney or whether you're a 10th year attorney, you go into the legal profession and you decide that, hey, this is important. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to stick with it. And eventually, I'm going to hope that eventually something's going to come with it. Well, people do not disrespect people that are committed to their profession and sending others news and, and trying to help others and doing all the things that I'm recommending. But you have to do it and you have to keep doing it and you can't stop. It's not just something that you start and then uh, if it doesn't work out, you quit and try something different. You need to keep going and you need to realize that the rewards of this are your freedom and your income and your family's pride in you and your ability to support yourself, your ability to retire. When you All of these things are what you get when you keep doing it. And very few people do. Most people give up. Most people are like, oh, I put all my effort into working long hours and it was really tough and I didn't make partners, whatever. I'm going to go in house. I'm going to do. No, you you start now and you don't give up. Like this is all you need to do. You take everything that I've talked to you about today and you put it into practice and you do everything you can to do the best you possibly can to not give up, to recommend to, to keep going because and it doesn't matter if you're starting late because if you don't start somewhere, you'll be nowhere. So what does that mean? That means that you keep trying, you keep pushing forward. You don't give up. You you give everything you can to um, doing the best job you can to learning all this stuff and to making mistakes. And again, I will be 100% um, honest with you that once you start trying to do this stuff, you're going to have, you're going to be embarrassed. Clients are going to blow you off and think, oh, he's trying to get business from me or she's trying to get business. People will treat you poorly. People will, I get treated poorly all the time. Not not because I'm a horrible person, but because I catch people at the wrong time. Some people have personal issues or issues, who knows? But if you allow people to bring you down, then they will. And it's the same thing with getting business. If you allow yourself to get discouraged, and, and then you will. It's the people that keep fighting and they keep picking themselves up and learning lessons and trying harder the next time that do well. And then I'm just, I'm trying to give you a pep talk here because I know that 90% of you probably um, believes and understands what I'm saying. But I also know that a significant percentage of you won't do this because you won't start and you won't. And then if you do start, you won't commit. So what does that mean? It means that a lot of people are what are called dabblers. And what is a dabbler? A dabbler is someone that starts doing one thing, like they'll try tennis and they'll do it for a while and then they'll quit. Or they'll decide, hey, I'm going to learn uh, a new language and then they'll try it for a while and then they'll quit. Or, hey, I'm going to try to write a book and we'll do that for a while and they'll quit. So you can be a dabbler in a lot of things. The th thing about being a dabbler is it's, if you want to learn how to play tennis, you'll start playing tennis and then you'll have, a, it'll be a little tough and then you'll have this peak where you learn a lot when you get better, but then then your next progress will be very slow. Um, and that's where most people quit. Um, they, they like the thrill of trying something new. And then some people give up. People give up romantically. They have a couple of bad experiences and they say, oh, I don't want to date anymore. Or they have bad experiences with 
whatever, working in a law firm. They say, I'm, I'm giving up on law firms and, or they, and something bad happens. So you just have to, you can't quit. You have to keep trying. And there's nothing more important than that. Again, the highest level, the attorneys are the happiest are good business generators. And a lot of them hardly practice law at all. They bring in their finders and then the grinders and the grinders do the work and the minders watch the people doing the work. And the people like in, in most law, a lot of law firms, they have, I'm sure you've seen this, some um, retired senators or judges or political figures or people. And they're often used more for their name recognition and best business generation ability um, than their desire to practice law. But this is one of the final points I'm going to make. I'm going to have a few more minutes, but and before we get to questions, but I want to make a point that I think is very disturbing. And, and it's something that I hope you'll listen to and will change your life. Uh, it may not, it may, but when I first became a legal recruiter and got a reputation that was um, good in the industry, and why did I get that reputation? I, it's um, because I cared about it and I was enthusiastic and no one else out there was. I, there was. It was literally like when I started, there were no recruiting firms that wrote articles. They just said, we're this exclusive firm and you should hire us if you need a job and we're the best. And, and then you call them and you would get a voicemail. And, but I started getting getting very enthusiastic about this job because I knew this is my life. If I don't, if I don't achieve something with this and I don't do the best I can, then my life is going to suck. And I knew that. And and I knew I like to do this, but I knew that if I didn't put everything I had into what I'm doing, that my life would suck. So I had I didn't have the option. And you don't either, by the way. You don't have the option. If you wanna not, if you wanna have a good life and a good career where there's safety and where your family has safety and where where you can do the things you want with your time and where people seek you out and where you have clients banging on your door, you, you can do that, or you can choose. Um, a life that's not what you want. It's up to you. And maybe that's what you want. But you have the option if you want to step up and uh, really have a good career. So when I first became a legal recruiter, I started getting all these calls and requests for meetings with partners of law firms um, who wanted to move. And I was young. Okay. So keep in mind, I'm, you know, 20s, like late 20s or something. And, and all these calls from partners and things. And back then and now, the, 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 for most part, for what, what the belief is that for a recruiter to place a partner, the partner generally needs to have enough business to sustain themselves, meaning around three to four times their salary and a large history of having a large amount of business. So what does that mean? That means that um, if you want to bet with a partner and same thing kind of today, again, there's a lot of exceptions to this and I'm a specialist in exceptions, but it means if you have, if you want to make $500,000 as an attorney, in a law firm, you probably, as a partner, you probably need to have somewhere between a million and a half and $2 million in business. And if you want to make a million dollars, you need to have three to four million. It's just how it works. And you also need a history of it. So before any law firm is going to agree to pay you a million dollars a year, they're going to want to say, hey, does this person have a history of doing this? Now, of course, associates can make a lot of money. Some firms, they can make close to, it's true, I mean, 800,000 or more. But it doesn't last unless you eventually generate business. So the idea, if you want to make 3000 this is the rule back then, this we're talking about a lot less money, but if a partner wanted to make $300,000 a year, they would need a million dollars in business and so forth. And that's just the way it is. A lot of the calls that I received early in my career were from partners who didn't know how to get clients in their law firm and had generated very little or no business. A lot of them were older. A lot of them had 
uh, children that are in school. A lot of them have been practicing for 25 years or so. And a lot of cases would be scared to me. And I'll just be completely frank with you because this is what blew my mind and, and it just blew my mind. You would have partners in some of the biggest law firms in the country. Now, I'm not talking about your super prestigious law firms, your big New York firms and things, but firms maybe that were big firms, but you know, not the top tier firms, but the big firms. I saw partners that were making being paid less than first year associates and with no business. And when I first started, I'd be like, wow, this partner, this big firm is contacting me. I'm going to help them and I'm going to drop these documents off at their house or something. And I'd get there and they, it, I would see that these people were having a very hard time. And, and they, I would meet them and they would look demoralized. They would look unhappy. They would be negative. They would um, be depressed and you could pick it up. And so every day I hear from partners with no business. Now I actually can get them jobs now. So it doesn't, I've learned how to do it and I've learned how to find firms that will hire them. They have firms that the work, but every day you, you can, there's people like that looking for business and they don't know what to do and I can help them. I'm not saying it's, it's hopeless and I do help them and I get them positions all the time, but most recruiters don't know how to do that in other firms. And I'm not criticizing them. It's just, this is how deep I'm enthusiastic I am. But, but in the majority of cases, what happens once someone um, doesn't have any business, regardless of how they're paid, um, they, they, they wind up in a position where the firm is telling them, uh, hey, we can't afford to uh, pay these kind of legacy people anymore. We need people that are have work, that are you know setting a good example, that are hungry, that and, and so at some point in a lot of cases, and the majority of them, meaning over 50%, maybe higher, um, these people are told they need to be out of the firm. Um, now, that doesn't always happen. There are partners that launch on to extremely powerful partners with millions of dollars of business early in their career and are fed work by that person the rest of their career. But, but in general, this is what happens. And it can be dramatic and very painful. I've seen the results of this. It's affected me personally because it made me very sad. It made me pretty much thinking like, wow, is this what happens when all you do is produce work? This is what the profession does to you. It, it, it basically takes away your pride and your happiness and your your self-worth and grinds you into nothing. This is what I'm sorry, but this happens to a lot of people. And then all these people do is they may talk about, oh, I went to this prestigious law school and I'm so proud of it. Or I worked in this big firm earlier in my career. That's all I have to show. I don't know how much I can tell you how important this stuff is and why you need to do it, but it is everything. If you want to have your self-respect, if you want to not be pushed around, if you want to be paid fairly, if you want to um, have control over your life, if you want to be proud, if you don't want to be depressed, if you, all these things will happen in a lot of cases if you do not develop business. It's as simple as that. This is your choice. Your choice is between happiness, unhappiness, and, and really what you're, where you're going. And, and so to do this, I've started all sorts of companies. I've started Law Crossing. I started recently, I started BCG Reverse Recruiting, where I can help people. And all these things uh, to help people, because for me, like I was like, wow, like you can do really well in college and you can go to a great law school, you can come out, you get the best jobs. But if you don't do this particular thing and you don't learn how to do it, and again, no one's going to tell you what everything I've told you today, most of the time, no one's going to sit down with you and talk, spend hours talking to you about it. 
um, then you're pretty much in, in bad shape. So I've started a lot of companies to help people. Um, but the point I want to make is if you don't do this, you're going to be literally at the mercy of others. And they're going to be, you're going to be in a position where they're doing you a favor, keeping you employed as a senior attorney. Think about that. They're doing you a favor, uh, letting you work on their matters. They're doing you a favor, paying you less than, a, than an associate, like a senior associate make. They're doing you a favor. So is this what you want for your life? Come on. This is what happens if you don't get business. I don't care if you're at some big firm as an associate making a, a stratospheric amount of money. This is what awaits you if you don't get business. You can pretend like it's not there. You can bury your hand in the, in the sand like an ostrich with a, a lion approaching, but you have to make a decision. And a law firm, if you don't have business, they will pay you what they want to. They will let you go when it suits them. And that's it. That's your future. Now you can go in-house. Yes, you can go in-house. But that's the other thing where you're going to be at the mercy of someone. You're going to be at the mercy that there's a merger. You're going to be the mercy that, that a new CEO comes in and wants his own legal department or her legal department. You're going to be at the mercy that the company stays relevant. Most of the Fortune 500, when it came out, in 1958 or whatever it was, only one or two of those companies are still around. So think about that. Most companies go out of business. When the firm lets a partner go without any business, they really don't have a lot of options. Now, I can find a lot of them jobs because I know what I'm doing. And I know firms that will hire people like them and smaller firms that have business. There's ways to do it. But for the most part, the lawyer doesn't have a lot of business. Then they're going to have a very hard time getting a job in another law firm. And again, going in house isn't easy. So the, the most important thing that you can possibly do for your career um, is learn how to develop business, develop a lot of business early on. And, and I'm sorry to say this, I, I really am, but your life and your happiness as an attorney, but as a man or a woman will often largely depend on your ability to do this. And no one's going to help you. And if you don't do this, you're eventually going to be somewhere down the road where you're going to be in bad trouble. You go to law school to empower yourself, but the opposite will happen to you if you don't develop business. Now, you may be very smart and learn how to survive in different organizations and provide value and be in the right practice area. I'm not saying it's hopeless. You could also join a really good in-house job where, where you have security. There's all sorts of great things that can happen. But for the most part, this is a really big deal. And it's something um, that um, is going to impact the entire course of your life. Whether if you do it correctly, um, it's going to be better. If you don't do it correctly, um, you're going to have uh, a very hard time. And it's just not good. What I am telling you is if you're an attorney or law student or whatever, you need to learn how to do this. And you need to make sure that this is the number one priority of your life and your career. Because um, if you don't do that, then then you're just going to, you're not going to be where you want. Now, that doesn't mean that you have to be at a big firm. Some of the happiest attorneys out there are at smaller firms and they have business. This doesn't mean you have to have gone to a good law school. None of this is important. The most important thing is you learn how to get business, whatever the heck your practice area is, and you choose a way that you can do that because that's going to be what your life is about. So I'm going to take a quick break, and then when I come back, I will answer as many questions as everyone has, and I hope you have some. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.